solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today Texans Wire, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, mad that I missed yesterday's show, but I'm happy to be back to talk the Houston Texans with you guys on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. The draft is coming up Thursday. <laughs> I, put a, I put a joke out on Twitter asking the fans, where were we watching the draft together on Thursday? And then I was, then I was reminded that how many Texan fans are really going to watch the draft on Thursday? Houston does not pick... <laughs> In the first round, got a lot of funny responses. But, you know, speaking of the draft, this will be Nick Casario's first draft as a general manager. And, uh, you know, what we've learned is he will only be answering to the McNair family. I thought it was very important to discuss uh, his role in this draft, his first draft, and how this will set up, you know, the foundation of his next presumably six years. And over the weekend, Matt Schaub, you know, was on a podcast interview, and uh, he's against the idea of Houston drafting a quarterback at number 67 overall. So I can't wait to kind of look into that. Uh, there was an interesting quote from that interview that I thought was, uh, in my opinion, you know, not to, not to get too far into it, but, Cody, if you see what Casario has done so far in the offseason – you know, looking for the guys that Matt Schaub is looking for is a kind of a oxymoron, in my opinion. And then, of course, we will. I agree. Yeah, right. And I can't wait to discuss it, not to get too far into it right now. And then we will end the show with the number six best Texan draft pick of all time. So just to kind of kick it off right now with Nick Sirio, like I mentioned, he will only answer to the McNair family during the draft. Uh, and I thought it was important to have the discussion of how important for him to establish himself in this draft and then play with the idea of, you know, will he get some type of understanding or pass due to the challenges Houston faces in this year's draft? And I, and I, and I will go with, I think it's fair to say, if we're being fair, then yes, there is some sort of a pass that Casario will get. The only pass of that is he is still working from the third round on back to the seventh round. Now, they do have some good fourth-round picks. They do have a good fifth-round pick. But when you are starting the draft in the third round, you're missing out on 60, in the Texans' case, 66 players that are potentially better than the guy you're about to draft. And I'm confident and Nick Casario and the job that he will do as a scout, his team. You know, he just brought over one of his guys from New England. And one thing that I've liked about Casario from day one is his history with New England finding late-round gems. 
I love that. But the problem is a late round gym is a late round gym because they were drafted in the late round, right? And so Russell Wilson, who was drafted in the third round, third or fifth round between it, he was a late round gym because he was never expected at that time he was drafted, his draft position to be as good as he was. And so we're looking at the first two rounds of studs coming out that Houston will not have the opportunity to select unless they jump into the second round. I don't think there's any scenario that Houston jumps into the first. But we are looking at those guys, and we're saying essentially, well, you were supposed to go in the first two rounds. There are situations like Houston had a few years ago with Justin Reed when Brian Gaines drafted Justin Reed in the third round. Nobody thought he would be a third-round pick. We thought he'd be gone before then. So there are cases like that. However, majority of the time, the first two guys, the first two uh, drafts are guys that we were projecting to go in the first and second round. And I I look at his history of finding good players late, how that will kind of work against him in a sense is because the first player Houston selects can actually be a gym, but are we going to be judging him off a gym standard because they're not picking in the first two rounds? And I think that's a fair assessment of why we can give Casario some sort of a pass depending on how the entirety of the draft pans out. Does Nick Casario deserve a pass in this year's draft? John, I'm going to agree with you, but to a certain extent and say yes. However, when you look at where the Texans are drafting, I'm pretty sure we all can agree. And we heard this time and time again, that the third, fourth, and the fifth round are by far the most important rounds of the draft because that is when you so-called build your roster and when, when I take a look at the Texans draft selection it's like yes you are missing out on the top 66 drafts draft prospects coming in coming out of college this year however you have four picks in what is supposed to be the most important part of the draft and I'm not expecting Nick Casario to come in and get a guy who is going to change the foundation, change the course of this organization. If he does, that'd be great. But I'm not expecting that. However, John, what I am expecting is for Nick Casario to go out there and draft some guys who are going to be foundational pieces for this organization in hopes of rebuilding this team heading towards the future. Everyone knows that between the third and the fifth round is the so-called most important rounds. That is when you build your roster. This is going to be Nick Casario's opportunity to build a roster for not just 2021, but build something that's going to go beyond this season. And to your point, when we look at this coaching staff, this coaching staff is full of good development coaches. on all, on all levels, on both sides of the ball. And, and that's what I like about this coaching staff the most, actually. So he, he will get a pass. It, the understanding will be. Once again, guys, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. To, yes, to a, certain, to a certain extent. Because if you go out there and draft somebody and the, and the next couple of guys taken were flat-out studs and you drafted a dud, then no, there you won't get any type of grace from anybody, uh, and that's okay. Like that's a part of the game. That's a part of the draft. The draft is built on potential, and 
you know, to the to that point, the Texans drafted Jadavion Clowney, and I, I can't make the case he never lived up to that potential that we thought he, he would live up to. Um, they traded up for Deshaun Watson four years ago, and he lived up to that in a little bit more, regardless of what we are seeing right now off the court, I mean, off the field. Um, we can make the case that when you go up 24-0 on, on the eventual Super Bowl champions, your coaching staff is supposed to put you in a position to win that game. And they did. And so the draft is based on potential. I get that. And that's what I love about the draft. That's what I hate about the combine because potentials begin to stretch when they put the T-shirts on. All of a sudden, because a certain 40 time or, or, or a high jump or whatever you want to call it, you forget about what happened on film or tape. That's my little rant for the day. But, you know, ultimately overall, he still has to draft players that make sense for the Houston Texans and live with the decisions uh, and the outcome of it. want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sideline anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. I love what the New York Knicks are doing, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts as well. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft starting April 29th through May 1st. So we heard from Texan great Matt Schaub over the weekend, Cody. Um, John, really quick before moving on. And and I saw this interesting debate, and I want to ask you this, and I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll probably save this on for another no, time. But no, is Matt no. Schaub still the greatest quarterback in franchise history? No. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. But like no. I said, we'll debate it another time. We don't have to. But, but we don't – I don't know. We don't have – look, <laughs> the thing is, Matt Schaub did – a little bit more than what we expected of Matt Schaub to do. Mm-hmm. Let this team to that 12-4 and four season, mm-hmm. the greatest Texan team in Texan history. Matt Schaub is the cousin that nobody saw in a while, and all the aunties are just making this place. You don't got to worry about nothing. Sit down. We got you. When you leave, throw your trash away, but make sure you take some to-go plates back to school. Like, that's what Matt Schaub is. Your job is fairly easy when you got to hand the ball off to one-cut Arian Foster, who's going to make anybody miss, 
And, uh, throw it up to Andre Johnson. You got Owen Daniels who's going to kill you. You got Dwayne Brown protecting you. Brandon Brooks protecting you. Uh, he, had, he had a pretty, you know, he, he, he's still the greatest quarterback. He's the best quarterback of the greatest season, but he's not the Texans' greatest quarterback. Not at all. I do want to say this, though, uh, aside from Matt Schaub, because the debate will you know, be between Matt Schaub and, of course, Deshaun Watson. Um, is there still an opportunity, chance, after the draft that Deshaun Watson can go to Miami? No. No. Miami, what? the source I spoke to, Miami is set on tool, at least for this season. At least for this season. So after the season, yeah. let's say Tua, Tua doesn't show any progress or something. Um, Deshaun is still right here in Houston, which I do believe he will be. Then we can start talking about trade possibilities then between Houston and Miami. But the source I spoke to, who is very a very credible source, told me that they are very high on Tua for this upcoming season. Should we flirt with the idea of Jimmy G in Houston at some point? Oh, because I don't care what that I mean. Jimmy G days in, in San Francisco are numbered. They were numbered after he overthrew uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. And he can't stay healthy. Uh, and, and I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I know they're going to be picking the quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence at number three. They moved up to either get Justin Fields, Matt Jones, or Trey Lance. Uh, and Jimmy G has a very his, his contract is pretty crazy. So I'm not sure if they're going to release him or what, but just flirting with the idea, the thought maybe of Jimmy G and Houston coming to uh, to an agreement. Because like this team is, like this team does, they keep that Patriot bloodline strong. And Jimmy G and Nick Asirio have a good relationship. But back to Matt Shaw, over the weekend he talked about uh, whether or not the Texans should address the quarterback position at number 67 and in his words i'm going to read out to you i think you have far more holes and far more issues on this roster and depth chart than your quarterback position and when you get to those picks mid to late rounds that's how you build your roster that's how you accumulate talent that can play special teams that can do multiple things for your football team they don't cost a ton of money and you can develop them and you can have solid starters in those rounds. I know I agree with that. You've got to be able to hit on those picks and find guys that work and fit what you're trying to do with your system, whether it's on offense or defense. The oxymoron of that is, have you not looked at what Nick Casario has been doing throughout this entire offseason? Andre Roberts from, from Buffalo. He's a special teamer, wide receiver, kick return guy. All of those, the influx of linebackers, those guys are not starters. Those guys will be needed on special teams. And I think when you sit at 67, like we've just mentioned, is an odd number to start to draft at. What is the biggest question mark on your team? From what we know, the Houston Texans could have a whole different plan about what they want to do right now at quarterback position. But if one of those guys are available at 67, because the thing is, whether you take him at 67 or you take one at later in the draft, do we believe that they will draft a quarterback at some point in this draft? Yes or no? 
Yes. Okay. So, and they be fools not to. Like, whether or not, whatever's going to go on with Deshaun Watson, actively right now, the two quarterbacks that we know can play are Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Finley. That's two quarterbacks on your roster. And one of them, Ryan Finley, is, is, is two preseason games away from being out the league. Let's call it what it is. So they're going to address the quarterback position at some point. Is your problem 67? Is your problem doing it at 67? I think that's what we have to look at. But for your reasoning to be guys that don't cost a ton of money, that you can develop, that have solid starters coming out of those rounds, you already have brought in those players in free agency. So if there's a guy that's talented enough that you can be, that you believe that you can still develop and be a solid starter in this league for your team, why not do it at that position? John and listeners, let me have a moment really quick, and let me just say this. I don't understand people like Matt Schaub who continuously say it's not smart for the Texans to draft a quarterback with their 67th overall pick. Now, John... Really quick, answer this question for me, please. What is the purpose of drafting players in the NFL draft or just in any draft in general? So at some point, they can play football for your team. My point exactly. You're building for the future. Plus, the the main reason people like Matt Schaub say they don't want to see the Texans draft a quarterback with their first overall selection is because this team has too many holes on this roster. And I agree with that, but ladies and gentlemen, John, Matt Schaub, the quarterback position is now one of the biggest holes on this roster because regardless of what happens with Deshaun Watson, unless he changes his mind and come back to the Houston Texans, and I'm pretty sure we can all agree that that is not going to happen, what are you going to do at quarterback, not just in 2021, but in the future? Because I'm pretty sure, unless Tyrod Taylor goes back to the player that he was in Buffalo and lead this team to the playoffs and whatnot, nine times out of 10, he's not going to be here next year. Plus, Give and take everything that's going on with Deshaun, whether that's with a trade, a suspension, or him just sitting out, he's not going to be a part of this organization in 2021. So you still have only two quarterbacks on your roster. And John, to your point, Ryan Finley is two preseason games out the league. So technically you just have one. And if Nick Casario and and the Texans organization did not have at least a game plan to draft a quarterback, we would have saw him sign another quarterback during free agency. Plain and simple. You you take a look at the potential quarterbacks that's going to be there at number 67. Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, and Davis Mills. And I'm not even a fan of Davis. But you take a look at these three players. Wherever they go, they're going to be a project quarterback. You get them to a coach that can develop them into something that is pretty decent. You're going to have a quarterback for the future, or at least in the Texans case. And one of the main reasons why I'm hoping that they go this route and draft a quarterback, it gives you more options on what you're going to do beyond the 2021 season, because rather if it's Mon, Trask or Mills, you're looking at guys who has the potential to be a starting caliber quarterback in this league. And the Texans are going to need more than Tyrod Taylor or whoever the case might be to 
pick up the pieces of what Deshaun Watson has left off of 610 and Kirby. John, maybe you can explain it to me, but I truly don't understand the narrative or why it is so bad for the Texans to draft a quarterback, especially when everybody's main point is the many holes that this team has, but yet your most important position is possibly now the biggest hole that you need to fill. These type of questions are why I'm always curious as to what's really going on in team's war room. I, I just don't see this, this team assembling the coaches that they did, signing the quarterback that they did in free agency without a contingency plan of understanding that we have to prepare ourselves for life after Deshaun. And, and we know no move is going to be made before the draft in regards to moving on from Deshaun. So with that being said, once it does happen, it'll be for following years, next year, 20, 2023, and however. Uh, once the trade happens, unless we're wrong and it doesn't happen and, and Deshaun is back in the good graces of everybody and vice versa. Which would be everybody's dream scenario. I do want to throw that out there. We all will be happy. And I also want to add that we are a month and a half, just about a month and a half from the beginning of the Deshaun Watson civil trial. And there has still not been any concrete proof or facts provided. And at some point, whether it's the NFL stepping in or it just goes away, we don't like we really still don't know anything. But to get back to the conversation, there will be life after Deshaun. And you put together a coaching staff that screams developmental development of young players. If that's 67, Kellen Munn, Kyle Trask, one of those guys are available and your draft board has players that you ranked high uh, that's not there anymore for you to pick. I'm okay if you get the guy that you have been scouting the entire time and say, hey, you know what? This is one of those guys that we feel can change this, change our issues that we have at this position. Whether it's cornerback, whether it's wide receiver, whether it's safety or defensive tackle, if I'm fine with that. But if they're gone and you have one of these quarterbacks ranked high for what you want to do, you take them. And drafting a quarterback at 67 overall in the third round, Matt Sharp is a, a third round draft pick. You know, we're number 90th. And it worked out for Houston. I mean, they got to be a trade. But if they're there and you know that this is still an issue that we're going to have moving forward, you take the guy and don't, don't write it off. Don't, don't make the idea of drafting a quarterback in 67 seem odd because of the so-called other needs. And because you want to get guys that have talent for special teams, special team players come and go in this league all the time. Guys that want to play in the NFL, they don't give a damn what they play. They're going to play special teams if they have to. So that's that was a lame duck excuse. 
with every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com today on the locked on today podcast nfl draft week is officially here and the ravens might shake it up i don't know But get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And to close out this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to continue our countdown of the top 10 best draft selections in Houston Texans history. Now, once again, this is not a list of the 10 greatest players in franchise history, but we're just looking at some of the best draft selections in Texans history and to continue our list today coming in at number six is your guy John Mr. Mario Williams now let me just say this I'm about to be biased I don't like this pick never did like this pick I'm still salty that they didn't pick up Vince Young and I'm under the impression that if it wasn't for the Houston Texans messing over this guy this whole man career would have been a lot different. But I have to give credit where credit is due. Mario Williams was one of the best draft selections in Houston Texans history. Um, He ended his career as a full-time pro bowler, but only two of those came as a member of the Houston Texans. He is currently ranked third on the Houston Texans all-time sack list with a total of 53 sacks. John Mario Williams was good as a member of the Houston Texans going back to that draft in 2006. I'm still salty about that. That's one, that's one of those few moments in sports I'm never going to let go. Let me say this, though, man. Uh, Vince Young had his issues that, honestly, would have been amplified if he was back at home. I disagree. I, and wait, but I, I, look at the, I look at the Stephon Marbury and how his issues were, you know, amplified because he was playing at home. I think sometimes when you play so close to home and you become so accessible 
to family members and friends who hadn't left, you become a sense of responsibility for to, to take care of people. And I think it would have been worse if, because Vishon was actually coming back home at times. So imagine if he didn't have to come back to Houston or if he, if he didn't have to fly from Tennessee to Houston or fly from Tennessee to Austin, if he was just right there. Some of these issues that we have saw out of VY probably would have been worse. But to talk about Mario Williams, Mario Williams had a great Texan career. Uh, when we look at the span of his career, the last year when they moved him to right outside linebacker, he had five sacks in five games. In his second year, 14 sacks, one touchdown, two forced fumbles. His third year, 12 sacks, following with nine and eight and a half. He was always good to get after the quarterback. And, and ended his career with 97 and a half sacks. Hated that he couldn't get 100 to, to, you know, to top it off. A two-time pro bowler in Houston. Actually was a two-time pro bowler and a one-time all-pro in Buffalo. That Buffalo year was crazy. A 14 and a half sacks that year. But I, I hate to say, like if Mario Williams is number six, of course, we know we look at J.J., where we're going to rank him, Andre, where we're going to rank him, and so on and so forth with Dwayne Brown. The pain of it all is why hadn't this team made it to a god-doggone conference title game? Like, we mentioned the D'Amico Ryan. Uh, Kareem Jackson was a part of the Texan 2012 team. We've mentioned the Owen Daniel, who was a part of that Texas 2012 team, but they never made it to an AFC conference game. And, and if we are at number six with Mario Williams, then you know the next, you know, five players are damn good. And it's, it's just like, why can't they get this right? But Mario Williams had a great Texan year, a great Texan career. Uh, yes, you can look at the fact that you know, I go back and forth with my boy about this all the time. Shout out to my boy, Phil. Check out Phil and Stacks podcast at Phil and Stacks on all of the major podcasting platforms. He feels like the Texans should have went with Reggie Bush at number one because you would have given your office another dynamic weapon because at that time, all you had was Andre Johnson. And Reggie Bush would have really been able to help Andre Johnson in that passing game. And it makes sense because look what Reggie Bush did for the Saints in that offense. But as of right now, as much as we hurt to say that it should have been Vince Young or should have been Reggie Bush, uh, thank God it wasn't Matt Leiner. Mario Williams still had a very good Texan career, very good Texan career. Uh, and I think it was just overshadowed by he played on some bad Texan teams. Like every other great Texan in this organization, and with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. And let me know how you feel about this Mario Williams versus Vince Young. I'm not going to say Reggie Bush because, John, you know, I'm from New Orleans and I was very happy about the work that Reggie Bush did in that black and gold. Like Cody said, let us know on Twitter. At Locked On Texans, you can at me personally at some sports guy on Twitter as well. Follow us 
on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Until tomorrow, where we get to number five and four on the list of Texans' top drafts. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until next time, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.